0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Hot Plates and Grace podcast. My name is Aaron Mays. I have here with me Eric Fleming, sommelier and creator of the Gay Wine Club, and also uh, Open Wine Forum as well, a member of that. I want to start off by saying hello. How you doing? Hello. It's good to see you again.
1: I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. I know. You too. Hopefully, we can get this right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <Get> <laughs> exactly. Right this time. exactly. So how's the fam doing? How, how are you just overall? How's Puerto Rico? I know you made a great transition, a great move to there. Like, how's that?
1: Yeah, Puerto Rico's been um, absolutely magical. Um, I think, I feel like I'm still feeling like a little bit selfish being able to say all of this, but it's just been incredibly easy uh, being here. And I think after going through the worst of the pandemic in New York City and like in my building alone in Brooklyn, like, every day we would come downstairs and it would be, like, a new funeral announcement for somebody who lived in a building. So, like, being around, oh, wow. like, so much stress and, like, sickness, it's, uh, it feels amazing to be in a place where I have access to ease and access to peace and I don't have to think about, I was about to say I don't have to think about anything stressful, but for the most part, I can focus on my joy. I can focus on, um, being in my relationships, you know, yeah. and, uh, be my best self. So it's been great. I'm really, really blessed, lucky, fortunate. Pick a word to be here
0: right now yeah. for sure. That's awesome. I'm I'm definitely living a little vicariously through you at this moment, seeing those uh, <laughs> those, those great waterfalls on on you know Instagram. Like wow, this this guy's like He's relaxing. Sucks that it's over plus 100 degrees out there, but at least you have the access take, to the beach. I'll take it, man. I think
1: something that's been interesting about this whole period too is. Home just being attuned to the vibration of a place. Cause I think when I was in New York, for example, like, again, this was at the, the peak of COVID, but every day, you know, everybody was just in the news, buried in the news, thinking about, you know, what's happening, what it accounts, you know, how safe am I, all of that shit. Um, and now being able to step away from it and be focused on something else, you know, be focused on like, all right, how happy am I really? What do I want to expand in my life? Um, how are my relationships really like thriving and active you know so it's yeah, yeah. it's a, a blessing and a complete complete privilege to like i'm <laughs> i've been uh, jokingly telling friends i'm like yeah I, i'm definitely living that like white girl on a retreat yeah. life right now so
0: <laughs> i was gonna say you got a you got a piece of the pie too now brother
1: <laughs> yeah yeah julia roberts knew what the fuck she was doing eat pray love I'm like, okay yeah. so my eat pray love is like rum punches and tostones but i'll, I'll oh. take it <laughs> Love.
0: I mean, that sounds like love to me. Good drinks, good eats. What else can you say?
1: Ain't bad. It's ain't bad at all.
0: Right. So what are you drinking on today? What, what you got?
1: I need to refresh. Um, but this is... Uh, I've been drinking rum punches like crazy since so I've been in Puerto Rico. And uh, a good friend of mine, his name is Cesar Cordero. He actually was um, in the New York City for a little bit. He's from Puerto Rico, but he worked for... Uh, some George restaurants he worked at I, will, I want to say the mark and uh the mercer hotel um but yes yeah, the rum punch two different kinds of rum uh a light in the dark and then I have some oj guava and pineapple with some bitters mystery, but it's so sexy Ooh. so I just batched the juice um actually I kind of batched everything just now for this one typically I'll put the rum in later because sometimes you may need something a little stronger yeah uh <laughs> yeah but it's it's delightful like Puerto Rico has definitely brought out the rum punch drinker into me. It was not something that was on my radar before living here, but it's a treat. I got I got another one. I got a,
0: a gym from Parcell. This, yeah, uh, what Vin- is it? This Vimbio, this uh, Albariño, twenty seventeen. Martin Martin Cruzá Yeah, Museum.
1: I don't Jose know that.
0: Okay. Pastor selections. Rias yeah, Bajas. Jose Pastor. Rías Bajas. Like uh-huh. it's it's pretty solid. Like I I went to I was like yo I need a breakfast wine. <laughs> Like, all right, take this, take this Albarino.
1: One of those Albarinos is like incredibly like salty and citrusy or does it have a little bit more like roundness of fruit?
0: It's definitely a little more rounded. Definitely a little more fruit to it. Okay. it it's not as like, it, there's definitely no, um, it, it's really interesting because like it really drink kind of like a Savion Blanc. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: I feel, I feel like a lot of Albarinos do, like you yeah. have your like really like clean, crisp, like minnow driven, like, like dry Albarinos and then you have... It's kind of like soft, like fleshy, more textured, more fruit forward. Um, I don't know. Becky Alvareno's, if you will.
0: 100%. Yes. Becky would approve of this.
1: Sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, Which this is, is. this You got to cool. have those Becky approved wines, you know? <laughs> they sell. <laughs> Becky's make the world go round. I don't know if you know that,
0: but. <laughs> I'm, com- I'm coming to find out. That's for sure.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Word. So you're a, you're a sommelier, life coach, um, intuitive tarot reader. You were in Brooklyn for the most part, but now you're in Puerto Rico, taking on the islands, and now your mission is to innovate in order to create a community, to entertain and educate, and desire led to you creating the Gay Wine Club. You know, It was a social event series for queer people and their allies that want to drink great wine and learn about it in a fun and approachable way. You recently became a part of the Open Wine Forum, collective wine professional of colors dedicated to decolonizing the wine world, which I'm so down for. But before all this, you were you were from Milwaukee. Um, how'd, you, how'd you get into hospitality? What would your parents do? How, how'd you find your way into now doing all this great wine stuff, being a sommelier?
1: Um, it wasn't even on my radar, to be honest. Um, I mean, I grew up not really, I mean like going out or going to a good restaurant was like Olive Garden. Or like uh, Ponderosa, you know, like a steakhouse and like going to Old Country Buffet. So we didn't really come from much. You know, like my mom was a single mother raising three kids on her own and like legit built herself up from nothing. Um, like she, my parents were married, but they had a really like shitty split. And my mom had to start over from scratch, you know, like from bank accounts being like at zero. So we wow. didn't really have a lot. She figured it out and also made things happen but uh, going out to eat was definitely like a treat, but we didn't do it too often. Right. And so New York, um, my focus was just on like hustling, like trying to make shit happen like you know, everybody does. Yeah, so I got into the industry kind of by happenstance. I was at a place where I was unemployed for a few months. Uh, I was like eating like crackers and lunch meat every day, several meals a day, and like <laughs> did not know what happened. And so I took uh, my roommate's resume at the time and went to an open call for ABC Kitchen. Yeah. and i uh, walked in and the manager krista uh changed my life really so i walked in and she was like you look cute so i said <laughs> you look cute and we just like kicked it for like 10 minutes so like the yeah. interview was like, hanging out um and like she i'm sure she knew maybe she didn't know until like the day where i got on the floor but like i had no idea who jean george was and he's like one of the biggest restaurateurs in the world and they're like talking about Jenna George style hospitality. I'm like, bitch, I don't care. Like, I need a job, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I I got in the door. So I started as a back waiter, and I was awful. I was awful for, and I was probably awful for, like, two months. But I got promoted to server. Actually, no, I was a great back waiter. I was a great back waiter.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you had to be good enough to get promoted.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So I got promoted to server after three months. Um, So, like, I definitely, I crushed it. But then, when I got to be a server, I I was definitely awful. Right. <laughs> <For> like, <laughs> I was awful for probably like six months. But then I ended up being like one of the best servers there, and like, and I quickly got promoted to bartender. So oh, nice. Uh, kind of changed my trajectory. It changed my world. It changed what I thought was possible for myself. And uh, I was around people in this industry for the first time who were making a career out of this. Who were uh, right. I don't know, becoming sommeliers and things like that. So yeah. That, that changed everything
0: for me. That's awesome. That's a, that's a crazy beginning story. That's a really good beginning story. It's from the bottom. So what was that turning point in your career where you knew that like, okay, I'm locked in. I'm in the zone. Now I want to accomplish a higher level. I want to become a sommelier. What was that turning point where like
1: you knew Ooh. you were in there? Um Damn. That's a good question. I think it was, um, so working at Charlie Bear, definitely kind of, um, it made me step my game up. It made me, continue to see more of like what was possible uh like being around like some of the best uh wine professionals in the industry and um just again seeing what's possible you know I, working at charlie bird i had access to drinking some of the best wines in the world meeting those producers and my, my language my vocabulary of uh experiences just began to expand and so being at the bird my uh, my curiosity was peaked i'm like you know what i think i want to make this also like a part of my experience. Uh and at the same time I had this um, idea growing for Gang Wine Club. And so um I noticed more and more the deeper I got into like going to wine events and like uh going to tastings I didn't really see people who looked like me. I didn't really feel a queer presence. And uh my mind always works to like fix a gap or to fill in the gap. And so uh I don't know I talked to Grant Grant Reynolds about it I'm like yo I think I want to do this I want to start a gay wine club and he was super pumped up about it and, like really supportive and um, he helped me kind of just get uh, my foot in the door in terms of wine and like you know he immediately put me in touch with uh, some other like educators you know places where I could go to tastings and take classes and um, he let me join the wine team. Like, it took a while. Like, I was definitely, like, studying, and I was, like, on the bench and, like, just in the cellar. Um, but I would say after maybe a year of kind of following and, like, learning, I was able to be on the floor. Uh, so it took a while, but I think the, the initial interest was just being in the culture at Charlie Bird. And, um, yeah, just seeing. Again, seeing what's possible, I think yeah. It's, kind of the, the theme of my culinary or my, my service industry life. It's like, I had no idea. I had no idea this world was here. And then somebody like opened the door and I'm like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> like, <laughs> that's what's happening over here? That's what's happening behind that door?
0: Yeah, right. No, I totally feel you on that. I totally agree. Because there's so many times I feel like, okay, I know somebody's in that room. What's happening in that room? And all of a sudden you open it like, whoa, this is cool as hell. Like, why didn't you talk about this before? Like, where was this my whole life? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. so that was it so getting to that point getting to that point so what was your first vip restaurant experience Ooh,
1: uh you know what i feel like it, it kind of all goes back to abc kitchen um, Yeah. i before working there like i had never even had like a rutabaga you know or like uh, <laughs> what the rutabaga exactly so or like uh i didn't know what ramps were you know what i'm saying yeah. so like Uh, being able to be an employee there, I was able to like sit down and have that that Jean-Georges level experience of uh, heightened service, but also be treated, you know, so it was the first time where I understood what it was like to be taken care of at the place where you work and also having world-class cuisine. So I think some of my earliest experiences were like just being able to dine as a staff member and they like, Jess, crushed the table with food um, and then again like opening my eyes and expanding my world that allowed me to see like oh <laughs> oh so this is this is what people were doing like so when I'm on the other side of the table this is the kind of experience people are have okay I, I get it now um mm-hmm. but I mean I think early on like I've definitely changed like I I don't go out a lot anymore because I spent way too much money when i was new in the <laughs> yes. service industry yeah and so i, I am big one saving so i, I cook a lot uh, but early on i used to be out all the time so like i would just on a friday night i would like just go everywhere so like charlie bird would be uh influential early experience uh gramercy tavern uh, ooh nice where else did I go I mean I was all over yo you name it like uh, Norita in the East Village that was my spot
0: you ever go to Blue Ribbon on spring
1: <laughs> yeah I'm telling you I yeah. spent all my money okay yeah. so I was <laughs> I stayed it out uh, that's the love of the game I guess it's you know I think something that I might do at some point is like start hosting or creating workshops where we teach people in the service industry how to manage your money because that's actually a really good idea yeah, we, we make so much and we, I think there's this culture. And maybe this some change because of COVID, right? But right. I think there's a culture. Of I work hard. I want to like just... Why, I, I remember like working a ship at Charlie Bird. I don't even like eat pasta that much, but I would just want a bowl of pasta. So i would be yeah. you know, like, I'm about to go spend money. I'm about to eat this pasta. I'm about to drink this wine. And then like $200 later, I'm like, I should have just went home. Yeah, you know? should so just like, went home. I get it. Like we work hard. We also deserve to be treated well, but we also yeah. need to learn how to like... Manage that, taper that. Well, because
0: we're serving some of the best stuff in the the city. We're drinking some of the best stuff in the city. Glasses on glasses, bowls on bowls on bowls on bowls. Eventually, I'm going to want a Cavatelli. If I see 20 Cavatellis walk out the door, I'm going to want a Cavatelli at this point. Yes. Give me that Cavatelli. Setting us up. (laughs) Yeah. Speaking about your experiences and that that VIP experience you had uh, going out, spending a lot of money. How does that compare to your childhood?
1: (laughs) Um, Night and day. I mean we uh we didn't really go out much, you know, like my mom she was a single mother with three kids putting one one kid through college and like having two young sons, so like going out was definitely like a treat it was a, it was a privilege that we didn't really get to partake in too often, so um I don't know going out was like the Olive garden it was like ponderosa it was like diners and, you know and, and yeah when- she would give us nice things because it's just you know kind of mom she was but it wasn't like a staple she was a, a person who cooked a lot um so you know going fast forwarding to new york city i think i probably went so hard like spending all that money going out because it's like oh, i can do this now or like i have money to do these things <laughs> and oh my god uh, ramps and oysters and what you know oysters? oh my yeah, you got to waste this there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I like lost my mind uh, for a little bit, but it, it, was, it was night and day, you know? Um, and I think a lot of that too, um, I, I think self-worth is a big thing for me. And I think it, it goes from where it stems from being in a place growing up of not having access to much, not knowing much, not knowing that this is possible for people who look like me to go into a place where I was living it. I had to, like, catch up to the reality mentally. I had to catch up to it because I'm like, okay, this is where I'm at now. This is what's possible. This is what will continue to be possible as my world continues to expand. Uh, So very different. Very different. Wow.
0: Yeah, I can only imagine. I I kind of feel the same way. My mother, she was, you know, leftovers queen. But when we went out, it was never really too crazy. Chili's, Applebee's, uh, family diners around. Oh,
1: Applebee's, yeah. Yeah, very similar. America's favorite neighbor, yeah, The riblet riblet basket? Oh, come on, forget
0: about it. I was like, "Mom, can I get a raspberry lemonade?" She's like, "Nope." (laughs) 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 Couldn't even get a raspberry in the bay. But I forgot the food I needed when we went out. One of my parents got remarried. We went out a little bit more. Like they, um, we had a little bit more going out because you know a little bit more money was coming in. But still, there was a lot of cooking at home, which translates into my current life. Because like, yeah, I go out, but like, there's a certain point. I'm like, okay, I gotta start cooking for myself you know, cuz are spinning that cheddar. <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: That's it. I feel you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so I want to talk about this huge accomplishment of starting a wine club. Uh the gay wine club. Uh, you already spoke about your original vision going in. But what is it like that now, especially through COVID? Uh how what's affecting those changes and have or has your mindset changed or your mission changed with that with the club? Since yeah.
1: the beginning. Uh you know, and to be completely honest, like I I've been taking time away from uh, the industry, from doing wine events, all of that for the past few months because I uh, realized how stressed I was and how uh, tapped out I was, you know? So I haven't really been giving it my focus, um, but I, I guess a new accomplishment that I need to mention and this kind of segues into yeah. game wine club. I just won a, uh, I'm one of five people who won a scholarship through black wine professionals and uh L'Oreal really? champagne. Really? Was, yeah oh you know about um, that i do know about that yeah what yeah so That's i got a awesome. scholarship to ultimately put me in a position where i can test for the masters of champagne masters of champagne uh Damn. so that that definitely has reinvigorated like my fire but one of the the things that i want to do with gay wine club and also with having uh, more access to champagne and having this, uh, this mastery of champagne is create events uh, with a queer focus, queer community focus, but also the money that we make from those events will be creating opportunities for queer people of color, more specifically queer black people to have free mental health services. Mm. Uh, so I think this whole year just really made me see how uh, taxing the world can be for black people and how little infrastructure there is to ensure that we can have safe spaces to talk through those challenges. Uh, so I really want to do something about that. You know, While I have the power, while I have voice, while I have this skill set and this, uh, this door open, I want to make the best of it and make sure that I take care of my people around me. So. Right. My focus is still on creating community. That's never gonna change. My focus is still on uh, creating events for, for people to feel whole, feel seen, celebrate each other, create a larger community. But also wanna take care of my black people as much as I can too. So I, I think partying with the purpose is probably how it's shifting. Uh, so definitely heavily influenced by what's happened this year in yeah. the world. Yeah.
0: That's lovely, man. That's That's super cool. It's glad, like, you're just, it's the same mindset, just being, like, poured into different avenues now, because the doors are opening, and you're still, like, giving that energy just in different places now. That's, that's beautiful.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I think, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. No, I think something that I've been thinking about a lot, too, with champagne is, like, it has this, uh, this like, regality behind it. Like, I think champagne, in, in essence, when you think about it, you think access, you think privilege big class, big status, and it's not necessarily associated with people who look like us, right? 100%. So a big thing that I want to do in having this access is to kind of redirect that conversation, reframe it and get more people, more brown people to be like, why the fuck not? Why not us? You know, why can't we take up space in this way? Uh, so I think my, my focus is shifting quite a bit to I think one of acknowledging... Our power, acknowledging our worthiness, and yeah. you know, having the boldness to openly question that. So, yeah. that's kind of where I'm at. Like, I think <laughs> I don't know. Being in Puerto Rico is maybe like more radical. Maybe it's just more honest. I'm like, you know what? Fuck that. No, that's good. No. Uh, so yeah, that's that's where I'm at right now.
0: That's perfect. So, what's one thing that you didn't and taken didn't take into account in creation of the Gay Wine Club throughout its progression? was it, was it mostly the stress or was there other things that kind of were like major obstacles that kind of got, got ugly a little bit to where like, you kind of were like, I'm completely, I need to walk away hundred percent, but you kept going.
1: Like, what's, Ooh, what was that's a good question. Uh, yeah. I mean, there were, there were a lot of like hiccups along the way for sure. Um, I think wanting to stay true to the mission and wanting to continue to create communities for people who aren't necessarily always invited into these spaces. Um, More specifically, like, brown people and gender non-conforming people. Like, I always wanted to make a space where, like, it was open for, and, like, where people see themselves represented. But I think when A lot of people hear gay wine club like a big problem was always, uh, people immediately thought it was like just for uh, gay white men, like cis presenting gay white men. And I'm like, no, my black ass is the person who runs it. No, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I think the the challenge, um, and it didn't necessarily get ugly, but it was just like the people who I wanted to be there, uh, like of course, everybody's welcome, but the people who I like was really hoping would show up didn't necessarily always feel like it was for them. And I had to like do more work to make sure that people knew that it was for them too. Um, and then also a big challenge was doing everything myself. Wow, yeah. <laughs> I didn't have a team, I, I didn't really have a team. Like, and to be clear, like I did have a lot of assistance in terms of, um, I was able to use the space at Charlie Bird. I was able to get help uh, accessing wine by being a, a member of the team there. But in terms of like promotion and like street team and like inviting people, making sure that people showed up, like hosting, pouring the wine, like I was doing that shit myself. Wow. So the challenge of like creating a business, so to speak, from the ground up and also like not really knowing what you're doing, like learning along the way, was hard is hard. so uh, it wasn't all perfect. I did a lot, and I accomplished a lot and I'm really proud of what I've been able to do but it yeah it's been a rocky road and really humbling at times and uh yeah I think the challenge is like being thrown into a thing and not knowing what the fuck you're doing and expected (laughs) to because other people they hear the idea and they're like oh yeah that's phenomenal like they're excited to see what you're going to do and then it's like I have to turn something out but I'm missing like three parts so how do I do this right you know uh so it's it was I, I, if I could succinctly say what the biggest challenge was, it was uh, creating high quality content and maintaining a sense of self worth when you maybe were starting at a deficit. Yeah, yeah. So that's it. I think it's uh, it's always a struggle of establishing your self worth and really like figuring out how to make shit happen.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, but that's a lot, though, to do a whole like club and get things organized and do all that just by your lonesome. That's a whole lot. And like a lot on your plate, but you still managed to do it. So does that make you comfortable enough to take on bigger, like more important projects? Like now you got the funding <laughs> to go to, you know, champagne. Is that and like, is that making you more like yeah. is it easy now to do something at a higher magnitude because you've handled so much pressure?
1: Yeah, maybe it's like a little bit of delusion. I don't know, but yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> I completely, I think, uh, Line club and also like winning the, uh, the rising star war with seven fifty and like now getting the scholarship here. Yeah. It's given me that definitely like the fuel and the momentum to believe in my own match a little bit, but I mean, I'm completely like delusional in a sense, but also like, I'm fully aware that like I have, you know, uh, like, it's not me. It's not all ego-driven, right? Like, there's right. other people that are quite exceptional, too. So I'm really lucky to be in these positions. I've worked for it, but I'm also, like, really lucky at the same time. But, yeah, absolutely. What do I want to do with it? Uh, I think is your question, right? What else do I want to do?
0: Like, yeah, like, being able to not 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 so much of what do you want to do, just more so, like, do you feel now if you were to take on a bigger and higher level, it's just easy? It's like clockwork now because you've taken on something yeah. by yourself. You were, you know, um, a sole proprietor and your own ideas. So Now, if you take on another project and let's say you have a team, it's effortless now.
1: I think so. Yeah, because um, it's like once you get used to working doubles and then you only have to work dinner again, you're like, oh, please, I got this. I <laughs> yeah, like, thing. I know how to conserve my energy I know when I need to turn it up, you know, like all of that. So like, I've been prepared yeah. to handle a lot. And I feel, I do kind of feel like this. I'd say I kind of feel like a superhero to a certain degree like, yeah. I know that I have these talents that I can pull out and I know like how to do this. I can do that. I can do this. So there is a sense of ease that comes from just having to do it all and like put your head down and work through it. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm excited to see what else I can like pull out, learn and do. But yeah. Absolutely.
0: I'm excited as well because I feel like you're like, you know, goddamn superhero.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> Better than Black Lightning. Come on now. <laughs> oh,
1: Black Lightning. All right.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So at this point, I would love to take a little break. We'll run some advertisement, give some shout out to the, the good old sponsors that's holding us down. And when we come back, we're going to talk about New York and how that well, you already really mainly touched on it bigly, but just want to hear more about how it featured in your career.
1: Yeah, let's do it.
0: All right. We'll be back in a couple moments. The wine enjoyed on this episode was provided by Parcel Wine Shop, a curated wine shop and online retailer with nationwide shipping curated by a team of New York's finest sommeliers located at 511 West 38th Street in Hudson Yards, New York City. Subscribe to Parcel's Wine Drop a new delivery service featuring three hand-selected bottles for $95 per month. Parcel, wine for every scenario. Hey everyone, I hope you are all staying safe and healthy out there. The world right now is a scary place, and I truly believe that everyone should be taking the necessary precautions. In a city like New York, delivery services are literally saving lives, and here at Hot Plates and Grapes, we try to do our part to help as well. Instacart is an online delivery service where you can have a large range of produce, groceries, yes, even wine brought right to your door. Personally, I use it very frequently, and you would love how easy and convenient it is to use. So follow the link in our description box, or go to Instagram and click our link tree to start shopping today. And remember, tip your delivery person, and stay safe, everyone. Thank you. And we're back with the Hot Plates and Grace podcast. I'm Eric Mays. I have sommelier Eric Fleming, creator of the Gay Wine Club, as well as a member of the Open Wine Forum and scholarship awardee of the Black Wine Professionals. He wants to get that champagne mastery. I already believe it. Wepa,
1: wepa, wepa, wepa.
0: <laughs> and we're back to talk about New York, and pretty much like that, pretty much changed your life, right? Oh,
1: completely, completely.
0: Yeah, what was it? Did you come for opportunity? Did you have inspiration? Or did you have any goal in mind that you want to accomplish in your life?
1: Oh, man. Um, yeah, I had a lot of goals that I wanted to accomplish. Um, moving to New York, I think initially, um, <clears throat> excuse me, some friends and I wanted to start a theater company together. And they all graduated a year before me. So when I got out here to start the company, nobody was friends anymore. So I'm like, fuck happened. Um, oh. And so like, I did a show with that crew and then just decided to stay out here to, um, I I wanted, like I had dreams of being a performer and dreams of, um, and really it was just a lot of like growing into myself, right? I wanted to do something that allowed me to be in a position where I could entertain and educate. Um, I wanted to like grow into myself as like a young queer person and have like space away from like the narratives that I was telling myself. That uh, of what was possible for my life, and so I think ultimately all of those things ended up coming into play, in a very different way than what I wanted or what I expected. Like I thought it was just going to be like through performance and um, that that uh, that avenue. Uh, I mean, shit, being in the service industry though, we put on a performance every night, right? So, <laughs> yeah. so it, yeah, for real. Yeah. So you know, different different uh, different intentions or different start uh thoughts about how to start, but I got there. I, I, I got everything that I wanted out of the city for sure.
0: That's good. Were there any yeah. like art projects, any um pop ups or anything that happened in the time that really kind of like kept you around? Like any specific, per, like any particular things that were just like launching around the city? Cause I was I was aware of like in the past in New York there was a lot of just like random things happening in the city. Like that that doesn't really happen that often, even before COVID and all this crazy shutdowns, that there was just like one text, boom, be here in two hours. Boom, 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 boom. Was that like an enticing factor for you too?
1: I mean, yeah, I think um, there's just a crazy electricity about New York. And um, I always, and I've been saying this a lot too over the past few months, that I feel like if I'm in New York, I know that I, I can make some magic happen because there's like this, this this energy and there's like possibility and people always want to collaborate in New York. So that's something that I appreciate about it. Um, but like what kept me, honestly, I think it was, it was the possibility of what I could grow into being in the service industry. You know, uh, I, yeah, I don't know. It was, again, my, my eyes were open to a lot in terms of, uh, first of all, I made more money than I ever made. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah, for real um so like being at a comfortable place financially being able to eat whatever i want drink whatever i want um and to travel and do these things travel because of these things it just uh it all went back to being in new york city for me it was like this was the the center of my magic uh starting to express itself so it was a lot it was a lot about new york that kept me that's really awesome so if that answers you, the question, I
0: hope no, that answers it, it. It, no, it, 100%. Because because um, with that, that, that helps like keep your career going. Because I feel like if you're in a place that you don't enjoy being in, it's really hard to advance your career and advance like things you want to do. Yeah, you may be in a position of what you want to do, but it's hard to like grow if there's nobody in the area growing with you. If everybody's just stagnant, kind of where I'm from. Yeah. A lot of people just commit to this 9-to-5 life or very stable positions. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm totally down for it. But when it comes to your dreams and aspirations, people are like, what are you doing, man? why don't yeah. you just get a job and just get a dog start a family post yeah. a bunch of pics on instagram about how stable you are why are you risking it what is wrong with you are you like stupid or dumb <laughs> like that type of thing
1: yeah and the thing about new york that i love too is people try shit so yeah. like going back to what you said like you, there was always like some new like event or thing happening that you would find out about i think that speaks to the energy behind like you know what you're here make some shit happen create something new what are you bringing to the city because everybody everybody in new york is the, like they are the big fishes of their small pond and are the best at what they do so you have a city full of the people who are the best at what they do so everybody's like all right well what you got what are you bringing yeah. to the table yeah we are all elevating this culture collectively so what are you adding right and so that that element was always there and something that kept me in the city because i was always like meeting somebody who's oh, this person's is so dope at this. I want to like hear more about their story or learn from them or maybe build with them. So it was always yeah. that kind of synergy, you know?
0: I, I totally agree with you. I was asked a question the other day about like, what has New York done for you? Like, what has it done for you as a person? I was like, wow, that was, oh. that was, it was, has it done for me? And I was like, wow, if I can think about it, the most thing I could think of is was like, maybe made me a man. It literally made me, it, like the time I've been here, the time I started the time I'm here now, the focus and energy and attention is so much different. I felt like a, like I felt like I was 16 years old, like in yeah. that time. But now I feel like I'm maybe 32. <laughs> like the fact that the way I'm like channeling in, the way I'm conversating, I can do this, do that. I have plans. I'm busy. I can't do that. I can't do this. Can't tie myself. Can't spread myself too thin. Just this whole like, I've like matured so much because of New York. So I, I totally get you in that statement.
1: Yeah, yeah, completely, completely. Yeah. I I tell people all the time, and my apologies if it's taking off. Of course, no, but um, my time at ABC Kitchen, for example, and I guess to a certain extent, this is just how I feel about New York City. Um, it was like going to grad school. You know, it was being here, it has introduced me to a completely different uh, social network. I've learned about myself. I've learned about like more things than I would have even thought, of like food, wine, how to sell food and wine, um, how to talk about these things, uh, how to present myself, how to carry myself, learning about myself as a brand and creating yeah. products and brands. So like all this shit I've learned just from living here and like people would pay for the things that we know just from living here. You know what I mean? Yeah. So.
0: How long were you in the city for? Ooh, man. 12 years, 12 years.
1: Woo. <laughs> I hey, know. That's, a, that's a
0: bottle of Macallan right there. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> so, so you mentioned ABC. I hadn't thought
1: about that. Right, Never right.
0: You're a bottle of Scotch right there. Just she aged. has
1: age, she got age. Uh huh. <laughs> years,
0: six more years, you'd have been seventy-six dollars a pour. <laughs>
1: damn, damn. Well, it ain't yeah. over yet. I can come back, right? You Check on back. my barrel. Yeah.
0: Right now, you're at twenty-six. That's okay.
1: Yeah, <laughs> twenty-six dollars <Yeah>. a pour. <laughs> I feel like That's I'm. Uh, Much better like than like the two for pour I was when I landed in the city. I'm
0: definitely a well tequila shot for sure.
1: <laughs> Cheers. <laughs>
0: Yeah, does the hospitality industry like keep you in the cities? is there a drawing factor to it because of its expertise, diversity, cuisines, and the style of service? Does it draw me back to New York? Is that what you're saying? Did, did it keep you there? Can it does it is it does it have a oh, certain it element? There. Yeah, does it have a certain element to draw other people in? Does it I have
1: think that? So. Yeah. I I mean I took a lot of pride in the fact that I worked where I worked and I worked in New York City and I could go anywhere and be like I mean a, Every, we all have like a little bit of ego and I know full well that when I go somewhere else, it's like, yeah, I worked at ABC kitchen at Charlie bird. And people, people are like, Oh, he's a bad bitch. And I'm like, yes, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you're right. Absolutely. Um, so like I'm in Puerto Rico now. And I met some people who like run restaurants down here or what have you and just casual conversations. And a friend of mine, after that chat was like, they want you to work for them. I was like, who? They're like, the, the girl we just met I'm like why she's like I she just she, she wants you to work with them like i I'm not interested in that they're like well they want you to work with them I'm like okay cool so I think that's the thing once you work in New York City you're prepared to do anything anywhere and i I stand behind the statement so yeah um it kept me there and made me feel pride pride in what I was doing and who I was growing into for sure
0: yeah lovely so speaking of that in New York what was your your best experience, so to say, going out in the town, let's say you were painting the town red, or just even like a simple, you know, like I like to do like, you know, meetings with my friends and we we do, um, we do like steaks, we cook a bunch of meats or we do some seafood, just, just simple gatherings. And that's what I love. But like, what was your best experiences being in the city? If you can single out one.
1: Yeah, man, I've had so many. Um, shit. I mean, hands down, one of my favorite places that I've ever gone to, and one of the best experiences I've had was a restaurant in Brooklyn called Winsong, uh, W-I-N-S-O-N. It's a Taiwanese-American restaurant. So fucking good. And everything is affordable, but it was one of those meals where uh, we sat down and we talked and until we got our cocktails, and then from then on, actually, I would say, until the first thing at the table, we talked. But then when everything started to hit the table, no more conversation. Mm-hmm. It was just, oh, mm, oh, like all that. <laughs> You know? um, but yeah, I, that's, that's, that's a standout for sure. But some of my favorites, honestly, would just be like those random days where you're off and you find out another one of your friends is off and like you meet up somewhere for like a crudo and then you bounce around to another place and then you go to a different place and then like six hours later, you're like, man, we just had a night, you know? Yeah. Uh, and this, I think that's something that's really magical about New York. You can kind of stumble into those kind of experiences out of nowhere.
0: Yeah, I'm all for that, too. I like to go sometimes. I like to get lost on purpose.
1: Yeah, and yeah. just,
0: you know, just look around, like, this is where I'm at. Maybe one day I'll find myself here and be like, yeah, I've been here before. Then you see a restaurant that just kind of calls calls at you. Like, you, you can feel it. You walk by it. You see it. It's kind of just pulling you in. It's, like, kind of hits your soul. Like, come on. Like, try me. man. Yeah. You walk in next to Yeah. Yeah. All of a sudden, yeah, yeah, here. you're there. And it's like, well, I've been here for two hours. Oh, shit. <laughs> Like I've been here for a little too long, <laughs> but it, it, that's great. And it's like wow, where was I? Like oh, somewhere deep off in the lands, just it's just lost on purpose. But I found a gym. Go back to the friend, yo. I found this place here. We got to go there. And then next, thing you know, the, the fucking ball starts rolling. And it's like, yo, they're like, oh, I went here. I did this. I did that. I did this. I did that. And that's that's fucking New York, man. I love that shit. And
1: six hundred dollars later, no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'll see you in a month. <laughs> I just I just accidentally blew half my rent. I'm sorry. <laughs> So any you have any worse experiences? Any ones that you were like, okay, this is you woke up, you were like, I fucked up. <laughs> One of those
1: things? Oh man. Uh, no, it wasn't really like um, I fucked up, but I for my 30th, I went to uh, I went to Jean George in no shade to Jean George. But the tasting menu is like four hundred dollars, right? Uh, that's like before any kind of grab before any tax and I don't remember anything about it You know except for <laughs> it was really quiet and I could hear people's forks hitting their plates Ooh. and I remember like the dance of how they presented things, but I You know you pay that much you're like this is gonna be one of the best meals of my life
0: <laughs> Man. Yeah, I
1: can not like, I, I tell, tell you one thing that I had that, like, changed my life there. Um, versus, you know, like, and I've been to other JG restaurants where I've had these, i were like, oh, yeah. But that meal in particular, I was like, huh. What? Do yeah. So it wasn't, like, the worst, but I think what I'm speaking to is um, you don't always have to spend to have a meaningful experience and to have food that, like, blows your mind. You oh, know? yeah.
0: I 100% agree with that, for sure. Yeah. When the expectations are high and you get let down, that's really it really, it kind of hurts. Because when you swipe your card, you're just like, I don't want to do this.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm reluctant. I'm like, And also, like, made uh, my roommate at the time, I didn't think this motherfucker could go with me, but, like, they went with me, and I'm like, this motherfucker's not even celebrating anything, and they're about to come out, like, $500. You know what I mean? I'm like, I feel really bad. <laughs> but hey. You know, you, you let loving you learn. Exactly.
0: Yeah. And you learn. So let's talk about some, uh, some contributions. Cause I think your mindset is like kind of unmatched and I feel like no, nobody's really bringing this energy to the industry like you are. So what do you feel like you're bringing from your, from, from your mouth to my ears? What do you, what are you bringing uh, work ethic wise, your mindset and approach uh, to the table in the hospitality industry that that's setting you aside from everybody else in the same, in the lane as you.
1: Man, um, thank you for saying that, first and foremost. Uh, that's a really beautiful question, too. Um, I don't know, I think there's a through line in everything that I do, you know? Um, like, I, I'm a life coach. I do tarot readings for people. Uh, I do wine shit. Um, everything that I've always done, I wanted to entertain. I wanted to have a little bit of education in there as well. Um, I wanted to enliven or like bring life to a space and I want it there to be um, an enlightenment aspect or like some kind of spiritual aspect where we're connecting on a core level. So I, I try to have those four E's, if you will, be a, a pillar that holds me up when I'm doing my work. So if I'm doing all those things and I feel like I'm doing it right, and I try to bring that into what I do in the service industry.
0: Oh, that's, lo- that's lovely. And I, I can see that. It, it, I feel like it's working really, really well. What, Thank you. What made you feel like it was necessary to establish your voice?
1: oh uh i think i realized that people were listening um yeah i think when you when you get into a space where people are paying you attention or people lean into what you're saying or either uh they when people are looking at you to speak you have to have something to say um and so i i take that to heart you know like I come from, I think we, as Black people in this country, we come from uh, a lineage of people who have been trendsetters, who have been tastemakers, who have pushed the envelope. And so, like, even if we are, like, blood-related, I'm a firm believer that, like, those folks are our ancestors, you know? Like, those yeah. are the people who, who feed us, who uh, who whisper those things in our ears, who give us that fuel to keep going. So it's like, I owe it to fucking... MLK to, to speak up. I owe it to Harriet Tubman to, like, you know, to go out and be the wildest dream that the ancestors ever dreamed of. You know what I mean? So I think it's uh, the long-winded way of saying it will be completely irresponsible to have an opportunity to speak up and not do it.
0: Yeah. that That's lovely how you tied that all back to, like, the beginning times because when I was younger, I would go to church, and they would talk about, like, how comfortable our generation kind of is with being who, what, what we have freedom wise. So there was a constant reminder of like, look at your elderly people. They fought this fight for you. They, they're like, they're in wheelchairs. They can barely walk They're You can see that the times took a toll on their body, but we're able yeah. to walk around in a certain freedom and a certain, like we have that style. We can set that trend because of the sacrifice they made. So I, I really appreciate you bringing that back around to the past. Cause that is, that's awesome. Cause like, that's
1: literally like, that's homage,
0: like, perfect, like, to the team. And I think
1: that's kind of where we're at now, though. I think about that a lot because of um, everything happening with from COVID to everything post-George Floyd being murdered, you know, it's all felt unbearable. But then I stop and I think, and yet we still have agency. And yet we still are able to vote. And yet we're still able to walk around freely. So our ancestors didn't even have uh, an ounce of that shit. They had no. no power. They had no agency, but they still made it through what they made it through. Right. And so if that's the blood that we have in our veins, if that's the the spirit that leads us, like please, we got this. We can we can do anything. <laughs> we, we, we got this.
0: We got up. this. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. So where do you see where do you see yourself? Where do you see your career going from here? It feels like you're at the ultimate point of relaxation, but you also have a mindset. <laughs> <laughs> but you also have a mindset that kind of is like. Turning, it's always going so how are you going further in your career with both of these kind of like polar opposites how are you going to mesh that i don't know I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know
1: you know what like i i feel like this year is a huge year of transition for a lot of us and so for myself um i i've been kind of making a list of things that i want to manifest things that i want to bring into the world and one of those things was this uh, scholarship that I just won for uh, with black wine professionals. So uh, I'm really just trying to focus on um, my peace, my joy, my ease, but also like being the best that I can be in terms of wine and like accruing all that knowledge. And uh, when I start to host events again, uh, making sure that it's like partying with a purpose, you know? So I think, I don't know if it's are starting a nonprofit or whatever it is, but I definitely do want to do something where I'm creating a fund for uh, Black people to have free mental health services. And I'm also moving forward with my coaching business as well. I'm about to release a series of workshops where I think the first first one will be like healing from racial trauma, uh, but really just helping the collective reset and think about like how we can move into or step into being our best selves. So. I'm not saying no to myself right now. so how am I doing it all? I'm just developing, developing, and I'm uh, creating. That's kind of, that's kind of all I know how to do. It's like to do some shit. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, it's, it's like, it seems like you're back to the drawing board. You found your uh, your Zen, your area, and you're just back to the drawing board, just reshaping, recentering yourself to to just like you know pour out more into the world again. I feel like you're you emptied the glass yeah. and now you're refilling the glass just to pour
1: it out again. Talk about it. Talk about it. That right? class was empty. <laughs> that's all. Total was MP, Give me okay? those snaps.
0: Give me those snaps.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I guess so. That's a that's a really good way to put it. Um, yeah, you, you said it. You said it exactly right. I'm I'm in a period of. But uh, this is where this is where my mind wants to take me right now. I think that what this is showing us is we don't necessarily have to um, rely on the structures and format of the industry pre COVID, because the world is not the same. The way that we create is not the same. The way that we offer products is not the same. So yeah. It's a really cool period of reinvention and of really anything is possible. We everything is virtual, right? So like just Mm -hmm. do some shit. So that's kind of where I'm at. Just Just, do some shit. Why not? Just do some shit.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I'm liking that. And at this time I I really want to thank you for coming on my show. Like this has like been super Super, super amazing. Like every time we speak, I feel like I'm I'm getting something new. Like I'm, I'm revigorating myself. So I really thank, thank you, you f- for your point of view. I've definitely taken away a lot and I really want to give you this, this time to you to plug in any project you're working on, anything that you want to speak about, Sh- show some love to, you know, shout out grandma, all those people that you want to show love. <laughs> you know, I, I give you the floor. It's just your time. Uh,
1: Yeah, you know what? I would just say, um, just follow me on Instagram. Um, My personal is EFLANS, E-F-L-E-M-S, or at the Gay Wine Club. I think all the things that I will be working on soon will be coming out on Insta. So uh, just stay tuned, follow me, show love. Um, That's it. Nothing specific right now. Uh, Everything is being fine-tuned. But follow me and stay tuned, I would say.
0: Yeah, stay tuned. That's That's what it's all about. Just, just keep it in the life. You'll see some lovely waterfalls. You'll see all the things that you can't have <laughs> unless you live in Puerto Rico.
1: Sorry, not sorry.
0: Yeah. But you'll encourage those you know, to find their moment, find their place, find their beach. Yeah, you correct. Find, find your blend. Right. find your am Right. <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to top off my wine glass here.
1: Work. And, and, I I got, will, and I'll, I'll grab have. my lunch here.
0: Yes, I'm, I'm glad you have enough because it's, it's it's. <laughs> I caught you at the great time because now is the perfect time. I'm gonna, you know, have you lead us in the toast. It's our time. Ooh. So if you have anything like your cheers for us for the for the rest of the day to send us off with, my, mine's usually you know hey staying positive testing negative, that that that's my go to. <laughs> 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 oh Jesus
1: so that's anything, amazing. anything that's, amazing. <laughs> that's really amazing I mean, uh, hey, that, that's um,
0: life that's life for me right now
1: stay positive test negative that's brilliant <laughs> uh shit what what will my test be um my overwhelming is like life love and happiness that's always my go-to but I feel like um hmm I don't yeah I, I'll leave it at that I don't want to get some much. Hey, life be- love and happiness Life, love, and happiness. No no no, 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 no. I'll change that. I'll change that. Um, cheers to manifesting bigger and better and being more of your authentic, worthy self.
0: Oh, cheers to that. Yes. Wepa. Cheers.
1: Wepa. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's it. I'm all about worthiness
0: and stepping in our worth right now. Oh, I'm, I'm with it. I'm, I'm right behind you. I'm under the wing. <laughs> Work. So one last thing. One thing I yeah. see a lot. I found out from you, we didn't, didn't do that Charlie Bird, which is very interesting. Must be a legacy exclusive thing. So let's pass it on to the rest of the world.
1: Um, every, after every, yeah, the collab, you know it. After at every I'm gonna, meeting. I'm, I'm going to have to do like one of these because my hand is holding my phone.
0: But yeah, we'll do it. <laughs> The beauty thing is if you could probably like throw the phone and clap it, that'd be fucking perfect. I'm
1: not throwing my phone. You're trying to pay for a new phone
0: for me. <laughs> we don't have that in the budget just yet, all right. So don't throw the phone. Yeah, okay. I
1: got to so, have
0: it. So yeah, so the symbolism symbolism behind that is mainly just because after every meeting, all, all the information we got, everything we learned for that day and that pre shift meeting, it would take us out, it would set the tone for the rest of the rest of the day. And if it was a solid clap, it was a good day.
1: If yeah. it was a fucked okay. up clap,
0: it's gonna be a fucked up day. So all right. It's my or, it, yeah, it's a little it's a little um early, so don't mess this up. I got a thing to do today. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do it. let's... So it's on you.
1: It's
0: on me? Yeah, give me a three three, two, one, clap.
1: Alright,
0: okay. Three, two,
1: one. Yeah. No, that was that was solid. There was it was a delay. It was, was displayed internet. Exactly. Think exactly. I think it was solid.